Man, when Ron sings, I feel like um, I shouldn't. He's so good, especially since there's no, not very many people here tonight. I, I'm afraid that my voice will carry over the microphone to the live stream. I don't know how many people are joining us tonight. I hope there's a few. Uh, if you're joining us, I want to welcome you to HBF Sunday evening, Sunday night live. It's like a Saturday night live, but uh, hopefully this is no joke and it's not funny. But uh, I do enjoy uh, coming to you tonight live. Um, this is a service we do every week, and uh, it's a little different in tone. So let me give you some rules of engagement. Uh, first of all, I want to mention, if you're joining us, we're glad that you're with us. Um, and secondly, uh, if you are a guest, then uh, just this is a piece, a small piece of the pie, what we do here at HBF. We prioritize the, the Word of God, but we also prioritize prayer. If you're a member and you have not... Um, had the privilege of, you know, getting becoming part of the prayer service. Uh, you should know it's a work meeting. Uh, we don't just uh, come to this particular meeting to, uh, you know, hear another sermon. Uh, we got a lot of resources. If you were online this morning, you were able to hear from uh, our ABF pastors. This church, uh, by God's grace, is just, I can't say enough about God's goodness to HBF, fully equipped for his service. And so, we had a lot of good messages going out today from a lot of good pastors uh, that are feeding the flock of God in their adult Bible fellowships. Uh, I, this this service is about the body. Uh, every Sunday night we come together and uh, we really focus on the needs of the body in prayer, uh, our uh, missionaries, and, and really we have a, a family time, very intimate time, frankly. And so tonight what I'm going to give you uh, is for some rules of engagement. So uh, what you're going to hear is the first portion of this uh, this meeting. Uh, this is typically a very casual meeting. I'm not usually up here. I'm only up here tonight for purposes of uh, transmitting this out. And so uh, this is also a meeting that's designed for uh, the body of Christ. <clears throat> uh, so the Sunday morning meetings uh, are somewhat more uh, sensitive, uh, not so much this morning, but obviously are much more sensitive to those who might just be peering in who may not have a relationship with the Lord, might be looking for a church, so on and so forth. Um, so the way that I approach things are a little, lot more catered toward that. This meeting is really uh, talking to the folks, some of which aren't here, but some of which are, uh, who are just faithful prayer warriors over this church. So we have a really good engagement. Why do I mention that? Because if you're watching right now, I want to include you in that. Uh, even though you, we won't be going to prayer over the details of specifics, of the prayer pieces, uh, we have these these uh, little pieces of paper. This is our prayer list at HBF, and one of my reasons for having a Sunday night prayer meeting is to carry the burden of the body's prayer needs. Uh, I know that they get taken care of by the people who attend this meeting. Uh, I'm not going to distribute this list. If you have a prayer list uh, that has been distributed early this week via email then on Wednesday, then you can take that prayer list and just take a portion of that prayer list and, and ask God to to use your family. Maybe each of you and your family can break up here in a little while and just pray specifically over a portion <coughs> of the prayer list. You don't have to cover the whole prayer list, but you can. Uh, we have, uh, I, you know, I can pray. It takes about, if you're really dil- diligent, you can pray over that list in about a, an hour to 30 minutes. But what we do is just take a piece. You can pray over that. Your wife take a spot, your husband and the kids or what have you. And uh, just pray over some of the needs of the body. That is really the purpose of this meeting is to pray. But we do get into the Word of God as well. And so if you could do that at home with us as we conclude the teaching time, 
we'll transition and segue into that. So that's the rules of engagement. We also have Ron singing every week. He's an incredible uh, man. God just uses him as an instrument. So when we all get to heaven, uh, what a day of rejoicing that will be. And uh, we will also have voices like Ron. So praise God for that. That'll be wonderful. He is an incredible singer, a cappella. So we're, we're in the book of 1 Corinthians, and that's where we've been. Um, and I'm in, <clears throat> I'm in a chapter 16. So we're actually finishing up 1 Corinthians chapter 16. And uh, if you have your Bibles, you might want to be turning there tonight. I've been talking about open doors. Uh, Ray, did we get the, the PDF up? Okay, so the P, I have a PDF of this that uh, I can post with the audio uh, and video when it comes out tomorrow. If you're looking for an outline for this sermon series, you can actually go and pick up the historical series in 1 Corinthians on our website at hbfcast.org, and you can just pick up all of these uh, little sermon series um, tidbits uh, through the book of 1 Corinthians. These sermons are not as long as you would get on a Sunday morning, so they're, they're little parts and pieces. And uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 16 <clears throat> is where we find ourselves tonight, 1 Corinthians 16 and verse 9. And as you're turning there, I, I also want to just say <clears throat> that I was so encouraged today by the, the live feeds and the, the recordings uh, and the connectivity of the body virtually, not just in the main service, but most importantly during the Adult Bible Fellowships. And if you are like, man, what is an Adult Bible Fellowship? I, I want to get plugged into one of those things. Uh, just email me at, con- at, at, at uh, contact at hbfcast.org. I'll get that information. I can direct you and connect you to a uh, Adult Bible Fellowship pastor, and you can get virtually connected at this time. And then when we come back to meeting together, <clears throat> you can get uh, connected to those those small group studies uh, in the future when you when we come back to meeting. Uh, one of the things I would add uh, before I get into the text tonight is there is some anxiety. Uh, we just had a pastor meeting and we talked about the anxiety uh, that is present uh, in our culture today. And as I mentioned this morning, some people are experiencing anxiety because of the COVID-19 uh, concerns and and others are expressing, uh, you know, they're having anxiety and they're having a uh, fear in their heart because, well, they may lose their job. They, they don't. There's a lot of uncertainty and uh, they got to pay the rent and they got to get they have medical treatments. They may be ill. Uh, they're concerned about health care. There's a lot of things and none of those things are uh, without genuine uh, concern. Those are things. Those are weights. Uh, there are some, as I've also mentioned, that <clears throat> are just wearing themselves out. Uh, trying to meet the needs of their employers, uh, knowing that this is a critical time to be in place. And so I just would add that, you know, I, I was one time in a meeting, and I, don't, I won't name names right now for sake of the atmosphere that we're pre- I'm speaking to. If this was more of an intimate setting, I'd tell you some names. But I'll just, just suffice to say this. I was in a meeting one time with a pastor who was in a war situation in, his, in the, the city in which he pastored. <clears throat> and this pastor just wanted to get away. You know, uh, like the the, uh, the Southwest Airlines commercial. I just want to get away. And uh, he wanted to flee. Uh, and it just wasn't possible at the time. And uh, I had a meeting with some some pastors that were involved with the ministry that this gentleman was in. And I was super sympathetic to the pastor. I, I, if there's anything I could do to get him out of that situation, I wanted to do it, really. I I didn't want him to be in that fear and that, that turmoil because his life was in danger, dead bodies being you know, dumped off at the entrance of the church door. I mean, very serious situation. Um, but one of the pastors, an elder pastor at a meeting, said something that, that was just, it really struck a chord with me. And at the time, I really wasn't, uh, I didn't think it was a very sensitive comment because this man, this one, pa- the pastor living in this situation was 
uh, very uh, scared, and, and rightly so. And uh, this elderly pastor, uh, who had himself invested a lot in that field, said, well, this will pass. He said, this, this, isn't, this war is not going to go on forever. It's going to be over soon, and we need to keep ministering in that city. And it was interesting because the way that particular war, it, it didn't necessarily end altogether, but you know what? It wasn't long. It was probably a year after that comment. Everything did change. And you know what's interesting about this is um, what really changed the tide was the, the, the Christians finally said, you know, there is no other solution but Christ. And they went on the offensive. And people from uh, all over America and other locations locally in that particular area literally started preaching in the streets. And one man in particular, a U.S. Marine friend of mine who was a pastor uh, who could speak that language, went to that city himself <laughs> just on his own and just got up and started preaching in the Nash, in the in that language and 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 pastors all over just started preaching the gospel. They just went on an offensive with the gospel, and it wasn't long that um, the tide turned. Now I think we're talking about apples and oranges when we talk about the two the, the coronavirus and 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 the particular illustration that I'm I'm giving. But in either case, it is the Lord. It's really even the curse of sin. It's not going to last forever because Jesus Christ is one. And it's in times like this that we kind of got to focus. And really get our bearings, but it's not always easy to do. I remember during uh, the, that time of that war, that particular situation, my heart was so wrapped around the man that was embroiled. I could almost feel his fear and his anxiety, and oh, I just ached for him. And I almost thought, man, that's that's mean to lead, to to encourage him to stand. But it was just a few, it probably wasn't even a year later, that man stood in this church, stood in this pulpit, and gave a report. And he did a very good job of of explaining how God used that difficult time in his life. So I just encourage you, and for those of you that are in the room, by the way, I need to talk to you about that man in particular uh, when we're done and offline because we still need to pray for him. He's in another situation right now, so uh, so we need to pray for him. But I just want everyone to know that, you know, God's in control. And there are times in life when it feels like nothing's in control. But you know what? God is in control of our life. And, uh, and so he has control of everything. And, uh, and he knows what's going on. So I pray that, that tonight will bring a measure of peace and, and comfort to you and that, that you know that God is able to minister to your needs. Uh, if you're tuning in again and maybe you come on late, this is our Sunday evening prayer service. And um, I'm a lot more kind of I'm just kind of running off the hip a little bit right now. That's why I like to do it on Sunday night. So it's a conversation. It's a conversation tonight, even though you may not be able to to, to say anything out loud virtually if you need to, to put a comment on the line here, then please feel free to do so. We'll have a a time before we go off air tonight to take some comments and uh, some questions and answers, if there are any. All right, so tonight, I I told you to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 16. I've cut into a lot of my time, so I'm going to have to go quickly. Uh, But I've been in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, and we've been talking about open doors, and I direct you to to really, for sake of review, just verses 1 through 14. Let's read the text. I will pray once again, and then I'll break some of this out for you. I'm going to review it, and we're going to take our last two points. If you're in the house and you got your notes, you can uh, continue to fill in your outline. I'm going to review a lot more for the sake of those listening, and then we'll hit what we have not covered. 1 Corinthians 16 and verse 1, the Bible says, Now concerning the collection for the saints, as I have given order to the churches of Galatia, even so do ye. Upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in store, as God hath prospered him, that there be no gatherings when I come. And when I come, whomsoever he, uh, ye shall approve by your letters, then will I send to bring your liberality unto 
Jerusalem, and if it be me that I go also, they shall go with me. Now I will come unto you when I uh, shall pass through Macedonia, for I do pass through Macedonia, and it may be that I will abide, yea, in winter with you, that ye may bring me on my journey whithersoever I go. For I will not uh, see you now by the way, but I trust to tarry a while with you, if the Lord permit. But I will tarry at Ephesus until Pentecost. For a great door and effectual is open unto me. Now let's pay attention here to this because this is really the meat and bones of what we're talking about in this particular uh, lesson that we have tonight. Verse 9, for a great door and effectual is opened unto me and there are many adversaries. Now if Timotheus come, see that he uh, may be with you without fear, for he worketh the work of the Lord as I do, as I also do. Forgive me there. Uh, as I also do, verse 11, let no man therefore despise him, but conduct him forth in peace, that he may come unto me, for I look for him with the brethren. As touching our brother Apollos, I greatly desire to see him to come unto you, or desired him to come unto you with the brethren, but his will was not at all to come at this time, but he will come when he shall have a convenient time. Watch ye, stand fast in the faith, quit ye like men, be strong. Let all your things be done with charity. Heavenly Father, I do pray tonight that in all that we do, Lord, in all that we say, it be done with charity. Lord, the Word of God is very clear that charity never fails. Lord, thank you so much for loving us. Thank you for giving us a capacity not only to love those that love us, but to love our enemies. As you taught the disciples, what good is it to to love those that love you? Even people that don't know Christ can do that. But Lord, give us that grace to love those that don't love us or love you. Lord, help us to remember that time when we were at odds with you, when we were at enmity, when we were at war with you, and how you came and you have saved us and given us your son, Jesus. Lord, thank you for the great doors and effectuals that are open unto us. Thank you even for the adversaries and the difficulties that come along with that, because they make us more like you. They help us rely upon you. They help us manifest the faith. And Lord, we understand from Hebrews that There's a great cloud of witnesses. They're observing. They're looking in on the things of which we're doing, and they're encouraging us, Lord, because they understand the stakes are high, and Jesus Christ has already won the war. May we play our part in his story. Lord, thank you for history. Thank you for putting us in it and helping us, Lord, play the man, to quit ourselves like men and to be strong. We thank you and we praise you for your word tonight. I pray a blessing on the reading and the hearing of it. In Jesus' name, we ask these things. Amen. All right, so... um, now, we talk about open doors a lot. I'm not going to rehearse everything I've talked about in this uh, this message, but just by way of review, um, we really want to seize, as I was talking this morning, these these two messages go hand in hand, the open doors that God provides. And, and Paul, in 1 Corinthians 6, 9, says that there is this actual open door unto him. And we talked about how what is an effectual door. That means there's a there's an, a power that's associated with that. The word translated effectual here. It literally means effectiveness or power. In the Philemon 1, or there's only one chapter in Philemon, but in Philemon verse 6, it says that the communication of thy faith may become effectual, meaning powerful by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in, uh, which is in you in Christ. Another place, a very familiar place that we use the same word effectual is Hebrews 4.12. It says, for the word of God is quick and powerful, right? That's the same word that's used for effectual. And so, uh, you know, powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the dividing asunder of the soul and the spirit and the joints and the marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the 
heart. So we know that this book, the Word of God, is powerful, right? It's effectual. There's not going to be an open door unless the door is open. The Word of God is powerful, and God opens doors. We know that the Philadelphian church age was a church of the open door. And so uh, we can never disconnect God's open doors uh, with from the power of His Word. And so we talked about, and we're working our way through seven things that God is doing in regard to open doors. And tonight, I'm just going to review uh, four of them. And then the last three I'm going to work on, because that's where we are in our outline. And so uh, the first thing is uh, God opens doors to those with open hearts. And we've seen that God does that in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verses 1 through 9. He's very careful to talk about those with open hearts in 1 Corinthians 16, and uh, verses 1 through 9. Uh, Paul was... Uh, we must be careful to whom we open our heart. That's very important. We got to guard our heart. But yet Paul was ex- expecting the Corinthians to care about the things that God cares about. And he talks about giving in that chapter. As he starts off, he talks about the collection of the saints and the things the Bible tells us where our treasure is, there is our heart also. So the apostle Paul was, was talking about the collection of the saints and meeting on the first day of the week and and one of the things that we're really vested in, one of the things I'm vested in is that very thing, is, is making sure that we are doing the things that God loves. God loves his word to be open. He loves the, the power of his word to be projected, and he loves the saints to gather. Oh, it's so hard right now to not be together. I got home. My wife is just like, man, Brian, you know, she watched from home today, and, um, and uh, she's like, I just, I miss the people. I'm like, you didn't miss my message, honey? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, she, uh, the message was okay, Brian, but I really missed being with the people. There's a dynamic. God has made us to be connected, hasn't he? And right now we're virtually connected, and we praise God for that. But now we long. We look forward to the day. Right? We have something to look forward to when we come together. We can think about that. Man, you think it's going to be good when we come together in this state? Wait till we get to heaven. It gives us a whole new appreciation of the catching away of the church and the gathering together in the clouds and, and preparing ourselves through the judgment seat of Christ and then the Lord's Supper to return in unison to accomplish God's purposes in even a, in a more, probably an equally magnificent way, not more magnificent, but an equally magnificent way as we go forward into um, the future with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So open doors, really, they, 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 God opens doors to those with open hearts. If our hearts are hard to God, he's not going to open doors. Right, if we're cold to God's word, if we're just kind of nah, talked about this morning, Pharisees, they got all kinds of Bible. They don't care. You know, they don't care what the Bible says. It's inconvenient. If 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 there's if it's just kind of they're pragmatic. They do what works. And if lying works, they'll lie. If the Bible works, they'll use the Bible. If truth works, they'll use the truth. If lying works, they'll use a lie. Those kind of hearts are hard. Those kind of hearts are cold. Those flattering lips and other tongues. God's like, I don't need that. I need truth. And truth is going to resonate from the heart of God. That comes from the word of God. So if you want to make a direct connect with God, if you want an open door to heaven, man, you got to open your heart to the word of God. That's just how it works. That's how it rolls with God. And so God will open a door if we unlock it. So we live in a church age, right? When the word, the, the, the Bible says the door's closed to the church. There's people knocking. I did a sermon series on wholeness and holiness. And we spent a lot of time talking about how there's a lot of people the door, Jesus, man, he's he's at the door knocking. People don't even know where to find Jesus today. They don't even know where to look. And I tell you guys, it's the word of God and the open heart. It's as simple as the, the parable of the sower, man. You got to sow that seed on the open heart. 
the door's going to open if our hearts are open to the word of God. Okay, that was point one. That point two, the second thing we saw is that God opens doors to servants in motion. It's not just about having a good heart, though that's important. I like this this other principle that we saw in verses three through six, that you got to be in motion. You know, when I uh, when I come, whomsoever ye shall approve by your letters, then will I send to bring your liberality unto Jerusalem. Right? He needed some people in motion, people that were on the go. And and if 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 it were meet for me that I go, also they shall go with me. So there were some people that had to be on the move, had to be taking things, had to be involved in going and giving. One of our members said, "Hey Brian, they called me up." Uh, last week, when this all started coming down heavy, and they're just like, hey, Brian, I'm on my way here, and I'm on my way there. Can I help somebody? And I just actually had a need. God had a need, and God brought a supply in the body. Somebody needed to get our, they don't have all this technology, and they needed a, a CD because they don't even have a, an ability to stream anything. And so God provided one of our members. They said, yeah, I can go to Adrian's. I can come by the church on my way after work and I'll make I'll take care of that need. You know what they were on the move, they were on the, but they were making themselves available to God to be used and God said I got a need and I got a supply. It starts with the heart, but he also finds God opens doors to servants in motion. People that are on the move for God. The spirit's always moving by the way, Genesis 1 and verse 2. Since the beginning God has been on the move and Paul planned to, planned but God directed the movements. Paul's like, "Well, I'm not sure what's going to happen here." Or there in first in Acts chapter 14 and verse 27, Paul was on the move, and then God says, Hey, Paul, you can't the door's not open here. Go this way, right? Go to Macedonia. Paul directs God directed Paul as he was moving for God. And when when was the last time that you knew that God moved uh, you and I, if you're a Christian, to share the gospel? Maybe God's moving someone that's listening for the first time to receive the gospel, to hear the gospel and receive it in their heart. You know, the third thing that God does is God opens doors to saints. Willing to change. Oh man, that's rough. Sometimes we don't want to change. I know it's been hard for me. I, I, I do not want to do this virtual stuff. I'd rather we just kind of gather up and, and I roll in here uh, after my pastor meeting and, and sing some songs with Ron and we just have our intimate gathering face to face. Boy, that is, that's how I like it. I don't prefer this, but you know what? I think God's going to use this. You got to be flexible. You got to be willing to allow God to work and do change. You know, first Corinthians 16, in our text, in verse 7, the text says there, it says, For I will not see you now, by the way, but I trust to tarry a while with you if the Lord permit. And, you know, Paul had to be open to what God wanted. I just literally just came out of prayer and meeting with pastors and virtually, CDC and everybody in Cass County is a virtual meeting for the most part. And so we just had a meeting, and one of the things we're saying is, guys, let's... Uh, well, let's check on Tuesday, let's check on Wednesday, and let's check back on Friday, if the Lord will. We, we, we really don't know what's going to happen this week. You know, obviously, everything's incrementally being ratcheted down, and things are changing, and, and yet there's that tension where we just want to continue to do what God has saved us to do and called us to do, and we don't want to forsake the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is. Isn't that interesting? There's many people that they don't really care if churches meet. There's some people that they didn't care before the ban, and they're not going to care after. <laughs> but man, for the saints of God, people that love God, they know that there's something about being with God's people, even if it's virtual. And although these things change, Paul's like, man, any way I can, we're going to make God's will happen. I want to see you again. I, I want to make sure that the things that we're working on in ministry get accomplished. And so God opens doors to saints willing to change. He does say in that passage, for I will not see you now. Right now, I can't do that. 
by the way, but I trust to tarry a while with you if the Lord permit. So Paul was open uh, to, he had open doors and God opens doors to saints willing to change. He was flexible is what I'm saying. In a time like this, in a time of anything that's unusual, when you know there's something going on, uh, you need to be flexible. In general, you're in a spiritual war. You know, battles aren't won because people stay in the same row. Although there's times to do that, there's also times when you got to make calls and flank somebody. And anytime, you know, uh, all you can do is start with a plan. But usually, as soon as the first shot's fired, you got to got to modify it. <laughs> is this like a football game or anything in life? You got to be flexible. And God opens doors to saints willing to change. Paul concluded his statements by allowing God to have the final say, if the Lord permit, if that's what the Lord will allow. Not even the Apostle Paul always knew what God was going to do. You know, everybody thinks the Apostle Paul, he knew it all. No, he didn't. He just followed the Lord's will. He knew what he was supposed to do, like I said this morning, in any situation. He knew what was coming next. Anytime there was trouble, there was another opportunity to share the gospel. That's what Paul was about, about making disciples that made disciples, that could share the gospel and make disciples. And that's what we're about. God often often opens doors that we never anticipate. When we're flexible and we're willing to allow God to open doors, uh, you know what? You know what? God will just open doors we never even thought about. So we talked about that. And then the fourth thing is that God opens doors to those who have reproduced themselves. In verses 10 through 12, we see that. There's something about people that are reproductive, spiritually speaking. Our opportunity to walk through open doors may be limited to our lack of spiritual fruit. In verses 10 and 12, it says, Now, if Timotheus, see, that's his disciple, right? If Timotheus comes, see that he may be with you without fear, for he worketh the work of the Lord as I also do. He's just like me. He's my spiritual fruit. Let no man therefore despise him, but conduct him forth in peace, that he may come unto me, for I look for him with the brethren. I mean, this is my boy. This is my man. This is Timothy. And as touching our brother Apollos, I greatly desire him to come unto you with the brethren. But his will was not at all to come at this time, but he will come when he shall have a convenient time. You know, Apostle Paul, he sees that God opens doors to those who have reproduced themselves. There's an opportunity here to walk through open doors, and they may be limited. They may limit our lack of spiritual fruit. Our opportunity to walk through open doors may be limited, I'm sorry, to our lack of spiritual fruit because Paul prepared men to replace him. When Paul could not be somewhere, he had men to replace him. Right? I, I cannot, I'm so thankful that we have disciples here and, and uh, we have disciples making disciples. I'm glad that there are ABF pastors to be in a, over ABFs. So I'm glad there's people in the ABFs that are not just depending on the ABF pastor, but Today, I found out a lot of the virtual services that we had, they weren't done by the pastors. The pastors don't have time. But men in the church or women in the church body that had gifts in that area, what did they do? They went to work to make sure the doors were open so that connectivity could happen. Those are practical things as we reproduce ourselves in ministry. And that's not always just the Word of God. Of course, it is the Word of God. That's the preeminent thing. That's what we're all about. But it's also living out the Word of God and allowing God to work through our our bodies through our gifting, being available so that God can use us and we can reproduce ourselves and help one another reproduce Christ in other people. Our mission is to produce saints in the image of Christ. Matthew 28, 19 through 20 is very clear about that. And God will not add souls to our church if we do not disciple them. And we have a, let me just, let me just uh, pretend that this whole crisis isn't going on. There's not a lot of discussion right now about 
about discipleship. It's, it's really mainly about um, uh, fellowship and evangelism, which it should be about those two things right now because that's the thing in front of us. But don't forsake discipleship. One of the dangers of, of these types of situations is we forget what we're here to do. Uh, we are here to meet. We are here to gather. We, we are here to make sure people aren't scared. But at the end of the day, we're here to, to exalt the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, he is the reason that we meet, period. It is about making disciples. You say, yeah, but Brian, things are going on. Yeah, but, but listen, things were always going on. They were going on when Jesus got crucified and when he was resurrected. They were going on the first Sunday the church met. They were going on through the first century. They've been going on for 2,000 years. The church meets to accomplish God's mission. And so we have to be about the business. Now, not everybody's able to bear that. That's something else that we have to be, we have to understand. That's why we meet tonight. That's why we pray. Because we realize there's, there's parts of the body that they're struggling. But why do, what do we really want to do? We want to make sure they, they are disciples, that they're following Christ, that they're being disciplined, they're understanding the need for the Word of God, they're understanding the importance of the Word of God. God will not add souls to our church if we don't disciple them. If we're not faithful with the people God brings, if we're not faithful with the people who make contact with us uh, through this season online, God's not going to trust us with more. Or any other church for that matter. Shout out to all the pastors. So if we don't disciple, you know what? We're not going to send missionaries either. We're not going to have anybody ready to go, whether it's virtually or, or in the flesh. And, and so we got to have spiritual reproduction. The reason that God could work through Paul to send Timotheus or, hey, what about Apollos? Is because, well, Paul was a reproductive Christian. He reproduced disciples. So open doors. Open doors. God opens doors to those with open hearts. And he opens doors to, to servants in motion. And, and he, he's a God that opens doors to saints willing to change. And he's a God who opens doors to those who have reproduced themselves. And God opens doors also in the midst of adversity. In verse 9, we talk about that. There's a great uh, door and effectual. It's open unto me, but he says, and there are many adversaries. Man, I tell you, isn't that the case at times? Open doors attract adversity. Uh, so we got to stay focused on the open door and not the adv- adversity. We do have to stay focused on the open door, not the adversity. I got. I actually have covered this ground, so I'm not going to tarry here, but... Just remember that the Word of God is very clear. Paul preached right through adversity to accomplish his mission time and time and time again in the book of Acts, over and over. That is the example that has been modeled. Not only did he do it, but all the saints have done it throughout the the ages, and saints that we know have done that as well, and the saints that we do know. Christians must grow up and toughen up at times to live to see the victory. And I I, I don't mean to be callous, of course, uh, but we do have to watch. He uses strong terms here in the text. Look at verses 13 and 14. The Apostle Paul says, watch ye. You know what he's talking about? He's talking, he's talking in military terms. What do you do in a military situation when there's, when there's facing adversity? In Nehemiah, you know what they did is they built the wall. They had a trial, they had a trial in one hand. They had a sword in the other. What were they doing? They were watching. There's watchmen, right? If you were on, if you were on a watchtower, you were to watch, you know, blow the trumpet. You were to be aware that there is adversity that could happen and warn people. And so our job is to, to be strong, to watch, to be like a watchman, to be ready, to be vigilant, like a soldier, to be strong, to, to quit ourselves, to, to be prepared like men, like men are supposed to be for what is to come, like a soldier. You know what discipline is? It's discipleship. It's dedication to God's cause. How dedicated are we to God's cause? 
Now, I would say typically, if this was our normal gathering, I would always encourage the prayer folks. And I'm like, you guys are super dedicated to God's cause. That's why we're going to pray tonight. And uh, we're going to accomplish God's mission and God's power. But God often uses it as a, he uses adversity to prepare us to walk through open doors, doesn't he? There's often difficult times. When you want to prepare to be a soldier, they don't throw you on the couch and say, watch these videos. No, they throw you in boot camp. And they say, now endure hardness as a good soldier. And you endure difficulty. Our, di- our victory in Christ outweighs any suffering that we can we experience in this life. Hebrews 12 ma- makes it clear that, that, man, we are so excited about what's to come, that Jesus was so focused on things above, he just pressed through the difficulties so he could see what was to come. Wherefore, seeing, all, uh, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, Hebrews 12, 1 says, let us lay aside every weight in the sin that does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. God's saying, toughen up a little bit. You know, be mentally ready. Be spiritually ready. Be ready to, 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 to get that open door because God opens doors in the midst of adversity and you have to be willing to go through it. We talked about that this morning. And lastly, or not lastly, but the sixth thing, and this is actually new to our outline for those of you that are here tonight, God opens doors in his time. In verse 12, the text says, as touching our brother Apollos, I greatly desired to come I desired him to come unto you with the brethren, but his will was not at all to come at this time, but he will come when he shall have a convenient time. You know, I used to work at this company years ago, and one of the things that they would do at this company uh, that I worked for uh, is they would put glass doors in. It was kind of cool. So everywhere in our office, all of us had glass doors, like sliding glass doors, you know, and so uh, it was really funny, though, because if you kept your door clean every once in a while, someone would walk right into that thing. And uh, it was a riot to see someone who didn't notice the door was shut because typically our doors were open, you know. And uh, but every so often, for whatever reason, you need to shut your door. And every so often, it'd be funny because someone would be walking around not paying attention. And boom, they just hit the door, you know, and bounce right off of it. It was it'd be funny to watch that. Uh, but you don't want that to happen in your spiritual life. You really don't. Um, I can relate to that feeling, though, of, of missing an opportunity to share the gospel, maybe at work or at school. And, man, have you ever done that and you realize the door's shut? It's like the sliding glass door. You don't even know it's shut. And then you're, you're like, boom, the door's shut, and I missed it. And we don't want that to happen this morning. I just talked about that. You know, Paul did not want to miss an opportunity. Uh, and sometimes the doors got shut when he didn't want it, right? He was trying to tell Ananias and the boys in Jerusalem about the gospel. He couldn't get out of his mouth. He had a pure conscience before God in the sight of men before, boom, you know, he's been wrapped in the teeth and it's time for him to be quiet. And so that door shut. But you know what? Because he endured hardness as a good soldier, chapter 24, the door opens up again. And he gets to share what was on his heart about the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Sometimes we wait too long. Paul was eager to share he was excited when he, he's like a boxer in the corner and Jesus shows up and says, hey, Paul, listen, it's not over yet. You didn't fail here. Just keep cheer up, buddy. There's going to be more opportunities. You're going to be able to do this in Rome. Paul's like, OK, I'm ready. I'm ready. And he was ready. Are we ready? I was so encouraged today that, to hear someone took our, our coronavirus tracks out and, and, and doing so. They said, man, the response was outstanding. People actually are receiving it. 
Why? Because their heart's ready. He's not missing the open door. Let's not wait too long to do what God tells us to do. You know, when that, that time comes, you've got a lot of zeal, word of God down a person's throat, and you don't know the door is shut, and you're just beating your head against the wall. There are times when, you know, it is time not to witness. I try to exhort people to go, to go, to go, but there's times you just got to back off and say, you know what, the door is shut right now. Because it's also part of praying. One of the doors that needs to be open is our prayer life. That's why we're here tonight is to pray. That's why we're in our homes tonight. Hopefully we'll take this seriously and we'll pray. If it's not God's time, then don't force it. Let God open the door. Apollo was not going to accompany the band of brothers heading to uh, from Macedonia because God had a different timetable. Paul didn't press it. Notice Paul was not a dictator, but he allowed God to work through the life of Apollos because God opens doors in his time. We must learn to wait for God's timing. We can do the right thing at the wrong time. Look at Exodus chapter 2. Turn back with me to Exodus chapter 2. Exodus chapter 2 and verse 11. Exodus 2 and verse 11. In Exodus 2 and verse 11, the Bible says here, And it came to pass in those days that Moses was grown, that he went out unto his brethren and looked on their burdens, and he spied an Egyptian smiting a Hebrew, one of his brethren. And he looked this way, And he looked that way, and then it says, And when he saw that there was no man, he slew the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. And when he went out the second day, behold, two men of the Hebrews strove together. And he said to him that did the wrong, Wherefore smitest thou thy fellow? And he said, Who made thee the prince and judge over us? Intendest thou to kill me as thou killest the Egyptian? And Moses feared and said, Surely this thing is known. Now when Pharaoh heard this thing, he sought to slay Moses. But Moses fled from the face of Pharaoh and dwelt in the land of Midian, and he sat down by a well. You see, we can do the right thing at the wrong time. That's what happened with Moses. You know, Moses was trying to deliver the Hebrews from the Egyptian rule before he had learned to be a shepherd. And the result was actually murder. Instead of delivering the flock like he had in his heart to do, he became a fugitive murderer, a capital offense. And Pharaoh, whose home he grew up in, now he's at odds with his own father, so to speak, his worldly father, Pharaoh. And so Moses was trying to deliver the Hebrews from Egyptian rule before he learned how to be a shepherd. You know, 40 years later, God decided that it was time for Moses to go back and deliver his people. And, you know, it's interesting how Moses said, you know, I'm really not qualified. You know, sometimes it's the things that you feel disqualify you that actually qualify you. (laughs) And the things that you think qualify you are actually what disqualifies you. Why? Because at the end of the day, we got to be like Christ. Yes, Christ is is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He is the Prince uh, of peace. And he is certainly all of those things. He is omnipotent and he is, uh, you know, uh, he is all-powerful. But at the end of the day, he wasn't asking Moses to be all-powerful. He was asking Moses to be a shepherd and lead people because Christ is also the chief shepherd. And that was not on his resume until he spent 40 years with Jethro in Midian. It's ironic the things that, that he felt like 
were his hindrances or the things that God said that, well, I'll use that now. You see, Moses at one time was there as, a, as an official. He should have been representing the law, and he broke it, became a capital murderer, and had to flee as a fugitive only to become a shepherd. And it's only Jesus Christ who can actually keep the law, who came as a lowly, came literally, it was born in a manger, right? The, the shepherds were invited, and yet he is the king of kings. And so we have to understand that our ways aren't his ways. That his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And God opens doors. He really does open doors in his time. Sometimes it's not our timing. It's about submitting to the Lord. <clears throat> the children of Israel had to, to wait on God's timing when crossing the Red Sea. And we often, you know, we like to plant the gospel. I hope we like to plant the gospel. We like to water the gospel. But God says, you know what, I'm the one who gives the increase. You know, really as a Christian, I, as much as like you hear me pressing, pressing, I do, we just need to get out and share the gospel and make mistakes sharing the gospel if you need to. But at the end of the day, you do have to be sensitive to open doors, and you also got to be willing to allow a seed to settle and for God to water it and for it to spring up when God's ready for it. Because God's the one that's doing the miracle in that heart. God's the one that really knows. He's The Holy Ghost is the one convicting that person of sin. And so our job is just to be faithful with what we do have. Take the Word of God. Take this open door, the Word of God, and just take a portion, a seed, a thought, a, a, what God gives you, and, and just plant it in the heart. Sometimes the fruit's there and God's ready to do the miracle. Sometimes you just got to plant the seed. Sometimes it's just a water to put on top of the soil what God's already given. But at the end of the day, we got to trust the Lord to get the increase. Moses wanted to deliver his people. He could see the injustice. He wanted to stop abortion, whatever it might be, right? But at the end of the day, God says, "Not that's not how we're going to do it. We're not going to do it your way. We're going to do it my way. Israel, they, they, once they got out um, and they were t- it was time to cross the Red Sea, <clears throat> you know, we understand that the timing wasn't exactly the same as theirs. The children of Israel had to wait. They're like, hey, God, when are you going to open the Red Sea? And Pharaoh's on our tail, and we could die. (laughs) I'm getting a little concerned here. God says, don't worry, I got this. I got this. You do your part and believe what I say, and I'll do my part and part the waters. You know, Amy and I planned on having kids in 1992. But you know, it wasn't God's timing till 2004. We waited a long time to have kids. But God did it, man. He's awesome. He did it when we had no power. You know, it's amazing. My my daughter said the other day, Dad, I'd like to have a sister or a little brother. And I said, well, I think we've been trying for 30 years. She's like, Dad. But the reality is it's not in our power. God has to provide those things. It's amazing. So let me give you one last thought, and I'm going over, but this is really uh, a little different situation. I'll be shorter next time. But the, the last thing, I want to just finish this up so I can move on um, in the chapter next week. But God opens doors to those who are charitable. Verse 14, you know, charity never fails. I've already said that several times today, but in, in verse 14 of chapter 16, the Bible says, let all things be done with charity. Paul says, that we are to do all our things with charity. Not some of them, but all. It's not a suggestion. It's a commandment. 
You know why? Because charity covers our humanity. First Peter 4 and verse 8, the Bible says, And above all things, have, have a little charity among yourselves. Is that what it says? I don't think so. What does it say? Anybody know? Anybody online know? It says fervent charity. Let, it says, and above all things, 1 Peter 4, 8, have fervent charity. Not a little bit of charity, but I mean like fervent charity among yourselves. For charity shall cover the multitude of sins. By God's grace, if the Lord will, we, we may have a Lord's Supper next week. We're trying to figure out what's coming around the corner. You know, one of the reasons we celebrate the Lord's Supper is because we remember, we remember that it was the love of God that covered our sins. It was the love of God that sent his son to this world to die on the cross for our sins. That Jesus was the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. That's what John the Baptist said. And then he lived that out three and a half years later. He literally died as the sacrificial lamb. As the temple was written, as he fulfilled the whole law, as he is now the way, the truth, and the life, the only way of the Father is through the Son, we remember that it was charity that overcome. We should, we should have endless supply of charity since we have received an endless supply of grace. I mean, God, God is so good to us. Charity also guarantees our victory. In verse 8 of 1 Corinthians 13, the Bible says, Charity never faileth. You know, a lot of people say, well, in the newer translations, love. Love's kind of a generic word. I like charity because it really, it's like a noun. It's like a proper noun in some cases. It's, it can describe what charity looks like. People ought to see in our lives what charity looks like. We should be an illustration. Charity never faileth. It's also a verb. But whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. The best tool we have for evangelism is charity. We are guaranteed to be victorious. Do all things with charity. You know, Romans 8.35 says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, shall, you know, COVID-19, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword, <clears throat> as it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep to the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us a little bit. No, it doesn't say that. That loved us. We know how much he loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. You see, if God opens doors for you, He's assured that you will respond, that I will respond, that we will respond with charity. Charity never fails. So in conclusion, just remember this when it comes to open doors. God opens doors to those with open hearts. Is your heart open tonight? Man, we're going to go to prayer. God's not going to open the doors of heaven if our hearts aren't ready. Let's open our hearts up. God opens doors to servants in motion. You're like, well, Brian, I can't move out of my house. I'm kind of limited right now. I know, but you know, let your fingers do the walking. Get on social media and preach Jesus in this time. Keep moving for Jesus. God opens doors to saints willing to change. Are you willing to change your mind to match God's mind? Are you willing to change your will? Am I willing to change my will to match God's will? 
And then God opens doors to those who have reproduced themselves. Are you involved in a discipleship relationship? That's an easy question. Even if you just got saved, is someone pouring their life into you? If you've been in the church a while, are you pouring your life into others? If not, why not? That's why we exist. God opens doors in the midst of adversity. Are are we focused in the midst of adversity? Are we quitting ourselves like men? Are we being strong? Are we ready for the battle? If not, why not? We should be. Maybe you need to plug into a church that preaches and teaches the Bible like they believe it. I know that I can recommend you all over this country to churches like that. There's a lot of us out there. We're not the only church in town. We're not the only church in the world. There's actually a lot of God's people that can equip you in the word of God and and get you where you need to go. God opens doors in his time as well. Are you on God's timetable? Are you on your own? Do you have your own agenda? Hey, God's telling us all right now in this country, at least, set your agenda aside. And instead of watching the news 24 hours a day, they'll give us a new update when they want us to know. But focus. I heard Pastor Schaller up in, in Baltimore. He's a pastor of Greater Grace, and he put out a little video the other day. I thought it was really good because he talked about how it's a time like this when you can't get out, when you can't get out and do what you are normally doing. We move so fast. We're all so busy. It's a good time, as he, as he said it, to sharpen the axe. Man, I love that analogy. I thought that's exactly right. This is a great time to spend time in your Bible, to spend time not just listening to me talk about the Bible or some other preacher that's more eloquent talk about the Bible. It's a time to actually open the Bible, to open the door and to get into the Word of God and allow God to change our heart and our mind, to sharpen, right, sharpen us. And really sharpen, I like the axe, maybe the sword, right? The sword is sharp and two-edged, but are we sharp? You know, we need to be sharp. And God opens the doors to those who are, you know, charitable. Is your heart giving back to God? I want to thank those that have been so charitable during this time. It's such an important time to be charitable. I thank you for paying attention tonight. I'm not having an altar call per se, but if you're online tonight and you're with us and you're like, man, Brian, I think I need to get saved. Well, you know what? Contact us. We'll get in touch with you. We will show you in the Bible how you can know Jesus as Lord and Savior. And maybe you're joining us and you're a member of HBF or maybe you're not, but you're gonna, we're going to turn you off here in just a moment and we're going to get to praying. Um, but we're glad that you joined us tonight. And if there's anything that you would like us to, to be aware of or you got any comments or questions, we sure can take those. If there's anybody at this time that would have anything to say, anybody? They're going to check and give you a couple minutes to do that. And as we do that, I'm going to wrap this time up. <clears throat> but you can find us on our website at hbfcast.org. If you're not familiar with HBF, uh, but if you are, hey, and you, you maybe you're dealing with something, <clears throat> Grab one of our members. You can message them on Facebook or email them. You can get a hold of them on their phone, uh, whatever the case may be, and, and get the help that you need in a time of trouble. That's why we are here. All right. So let's have a word of prayer and we'll be dismissed. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time just to meet once again and to go into your word and talk about your call and how you call us through open doors and, and what that entails tonight. We thank you for these seven principles regarding open doors. I pray a blessing on the reading, the hearing, and the living of your word. And I pray for our prayer life. I ask a blessing on this time in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. I'll see you next time.